What's your opinion about the Bible? Do you believe the Bible is inspired by God and actually the Word of God, showing us the way to go on this earth as we live our lives? Do you believe that? Do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Since you're listening to this podcast, I would rather think that would be your belief. But if it isn't, I don't know what to say. We don't have anything to go by but the Bible. The Old and the New Testament both. The Old Testament has many promises from God in it. And also, the examples of what they did in the Old Testament are examples for us, says the Apostle Paul, so that we can see what to do and what not to do. The New Testament shows us the way of God and the will of God for the New Testament church and the rules of God and the commandments of God. Yes, there are commandments of God in the New Testament Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11, Paul started speaking, and then he stopped and he said, This is a commandment of the Lord. It's not just my opinion. We'll look at that as one of the examples of one of the commandments for the New Testament church in the New Testament Bible so that we know what to do on this present earth. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 10. Paul says, And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. So Paul is saying, this is a commandment of the Lord for the New Testament church. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. That's just one of the commandments in the New Testament Bible, a commandment of the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. We have many commandments of the Lord throughout the New Testament Bible. By those, we know what to do on this earth as we live as Christians. I was born again in 1975, and immediately began reading the Bible. Though I was attending churches also, but I began reading the Bible, and every time I saw the church I was attending doing something opposite to the Bible, I left that church immediately and never went back to it. It didn't matter what my opinion was. It was always what the Bible says about this thing. So I believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. I believe this is what we go by. I don't see anything else that we have that shows us the will of God except the Bible. When somebody asks my opinion about something, 
usually I have restructured my opinion to fit what the Bible says. The Apostle Paul told us to do that. He said, be not conformed to this world. Don't take on their thinking. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Bible. And that's what I've done since I have been a Christian. That is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So I believe with all my heart the Bible is the inspired Word of God and is, in fact, the Word of God. And that is what we as Christians are to conform to. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16-17, the Apostle Paul says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 12, the Apostle Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. We are living in a type of wilderness today, the wilderness of this world. Jesus tells the churches in the book of Revelation, He that overcometh, Everything's overcoming. Every one of those churches in the book of Revelation had this attachment to it. Do you overcome in this world? And in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus says, He that overcometh, I will not blot out his name in the book of life, but I will confess his name to my Father. If you overcome, If you overcome through God in this present life, God was not pleased with them in the wilderness in the Old Testament because they did not overcome. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, says Paul, to the intent. We should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Are you aware that at the time of sexual intercourse you become one flesh with that person? 
even if she is a prostitute? Are you aware of that? I know these things because of the Bible, not my own opinion. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul warns the men, Even if you have sex with a harlot, you become one flesh. Same thing applies to women. You become one flesh at the time of sexual intercourse. This is an interesting little thing that God set up. It wasn't going to be where people just went around having sex with each other. There was going to be an attachment of one flesh. Even if you have sex with a harlot, says Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Another thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that Paul says, flee fornication, for every sin is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. That's 1 Corinthians 6.18. It's a different sin from all other sins. So now in 1 Corinthians 10.8, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day 23,000. Neither let us tempt Christ. How do you tempt Christ? The devil took Jesus on the top of a high pinnacle, and the devil said, Cast yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee. Jesus countered by saying, It is also written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. How can we tempt God? A Baptist woman used to visit my mother. She would leave her purse in her unlocked car and make the statement, God will take care of it. One day somebody stole her purse. Now, I don't know why she was doing this, but that's what she did. When the pandemic struck in 2020, I would hear people on television say, well, I'm not going to miss church just because of this pandemic. God will take care of me if I go to church. When the vaccinations were available for the coronavirus, I didn't want to take a vaccination. But neither did I want to tempt Christ. So I thought about it, and what I said to God is, I don't want to take this vaccination, but if you show me to take it, I will take it. I presented it that way. Some church people just boast to others over what God will do and what God will not do. And I think that's just horrible to do that. I try to stop myself when the flesh wants to boast that way. I, I just think it's a bad thing to do. I think that's tempting Christ. So Paul said in verse 9, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. To murmur means constant complaining under your breath. 
Your boss says something, and you say, oh, he's always talking like that. That's murmuring. Verse 11, now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. So many of the things in the Old Testament are warnings to us not to do the same thing. I really love reading the Old Testament because I'm instructed by the Old Testament constantly. No, we don't call fire down from heaven to destroy our enemies. We have another spirit as born-again people. Instead of destroying our enemies, we would like our enemies to be saved. And then they're one of us. But I love reading the Old Testament. It's such strong examples showing the will of God, showing the judgment that's coming from God. The churches today have sort of set up some kind of doctrine like God is a good-natured grandfather. He wants you to be happy. So commit adultery. He forgives you. You're under the blood of Jesus. That is so false. That's just so false. After you are enlightened to the fact that adultery is a sin, if you go out and commit adultery again, willfully, after you're enlightened, there is no more sacrifice for that sin because to do it again is to crucify Jesus afresh. That is what we're told in Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 26. If we back up to verse 24 of Hebrews 10, we read an instruction for us. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Exhort means to urge earnestly by advice and warning. Exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherein he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despot unto the Spirit of grace. No, we don't want to sin like we did in the past. Which of us want to do that? But if you do sin willfully after the knowledge of the truth that this is a sin, you crucify Jesus afresh. And there's no more sacrifice for that sin that's done willfully. Peter talked about it. 
in Second Peter chapter 2. Peter says, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. He's really talking about the ministers in this chapter. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are entangled again therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of truth, the way of righteousness, than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them According to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. It would have been better for you never to have known the truth than to turn from it and go another way after the knowledge of the truth. Now at the first of this chapter, we read this. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who have privily brought in damnable heresies. By their actions they deny the Lord Jesus that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. We had an elder in one of the churches that I went to He was an unmarried man. He wasn't even married. He was divorced. The qualifications for elder in the Bible are they have to be husband of one wife, having faithful children. For if any know not how to care for their own household, how shall they take care of the church of God? That's Titus chapter 1, instructions for the church, for the subject of elders. But we had an elder at the church I attended at Word of Faith who wasn't even married. He was a divorced man. Later, I found out he was committing fornication. He was going to the bars and picking up women. And he was even bragging about women picking him up when there were younger men there in the bar. This was an elder in the church at Word of Faith. He was also a Bible teacher at word of faith. So I know there are some really evil things that go on in the churches today. Not only do they fall away from the doctrines of Christ in the New Testament Bible and set up other teachings, but some of them in private are doing awful things. And verse 2 of Second Peter says, And many shall follow their pernicious way, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. The way of truth, Matthew 5.32, The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. When have you ever heard that taught at church? I've never heard it taught at church. Why? Would not be a popular thing. It would hurt your church attendance. It would cost you money. The man who marries the divorced woman 
commits adultery. These are the words of Jesus, Matthew 5, verse 32. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 3, Peter says, And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. They see you as their next meal. Well, all through that chapter, Peter speaks of corrupt ministers in the end times. Ministers who trick you, deceive you, and make merchandise of you and bring in damnable heresies to their congregations. I've seen it over and over and over. If you want to know more about this subject, I want to suggest a podcast which I've recorded called Trying to Find a Church to Attend. For I talk about all of these things that I've seen as I try to find a church to attend. You can't go to a church like that. And when you find out that one of your Bible teachers, that you where you're in their Bible class, is out there committing fornication in private, you can't stay in that church. You can't keep company with him. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 5, he doesn't say pray for this man, counsel this man. He says, put away this evildoer from among yourselves. 1 Corinthians 5, if you would like to check that. Fornication is one of the things that Paul says, if you find them committing fornication, don't keep company with them. Put them away from you. If they're a drunkard, if they're a railer, if they're an extortioner, and so many of the preachers today are extortioners, they take scripture and try to frighten you into giving money. That's extortion. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it at churches. They tell you God won't bless you unless you give to them. And they read Deuteronomy 28. They read various scriptures to you to make you give money. Now, I never had to be made to give money to a church because I was so grateful for my salvation. I wanted to do that. But some of the churches that I gave to were corrupt ministers, and looking back on it, I know that. I'll not be held accountable, I don't believe, in the day of judgment because my heart was right. Their heart is evil. And later when you see the evil they're doing, you can't stay among them. You have to leave those churches where they are doing things opposite to the Bible and teaching things opposite to the Bible and refusing to follow the Bible in various scriptures, such as the man who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Matthew 5.32 So how much do you really like the Bible? How much do you like the Word of God? If you really love the Word of God, you will actually do it in your life. Psalm 119, verse 24. Thy testimonies are my delight and my counselors. That's how I feel about it. It is by the Word of God, the Bible, that I know how to do anything. When I do something, I want it to be conformed to the scriptures. I want it to be my delight. I want the Bible 
to be my counselor. And if I come across anything opposite to the Bible, I turn to God and I say, what about this? And let him explain it to me by his spirit. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.